0: And I went to, of course, this is, uh, this is uh, <laughs> Palm Sunday. <laughs> Jesus. So let's go to Matthew chapter 20, verse 17. If I pass out some, I'll just hand the baton to Pastor Jason and off we go. Now, Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them, and I'm going to stop right there, because the title of this message is On the Road. I guess, I've, I guess over the years, I've preached 40 Palm Sunday messages. What is left to say? <laughs> but the Lord took me to these three words, On the Road. And a lot happens when Jesus is on the road. And we, as, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I, I want to talk about a few other things that happened on the road to other people. But on the road, you know, Jesus is finally his... I don't know if you realize this, but most of his ministry was in Galilee, which is way to the north. But he, he began to come south, and he, and he wound up in Jericho, right, on the Jordan River. And, then, and now he's going west uh, and it's, it's only about 16 miles from Jericho to Jerusalem. But he makes that, that journey, and on the road, things begin to happen. He's not really been in Jerusalem uh, except when he was a child. So, you know, we don't understand that sometimes that he really didn't minister much in Jerusalem. But that's where his ministry will take him. Obviously, that's where he was, where he was crucified and, and buried. And on the way, you remember, he, according to Matthew, he heals two blind men. And I, and I think Luke, Luke says uh, it was blind Bartimaeus that he, that he healed and how that the men cried out and everyone tried to keep them quiet. But Jesus said, bring them here. And all of a sudden everyone says, okay, bring them here, bring them here. And he heals them because not everyone who can see has sight. And not everyone who's blind is without it and these blind men saw something that people that had eyesight couldn't see and on the road these, these the lives of these two men were completely changed as God as Jesus on the road heals them on his way on his way to Jerusalem. Now we'll get back to this a little bit, but let's remember a few other people a few other people that that had an interesting journey, and you're, you're, you scholars, you're already thinking about who that might be, and you know we gotta put Jonah on the list. Jonah went on a trip because God sent him on a trip. How many know sometimes we find ourselves on a mission? We're all on a journey, that's why we called our church Journey. It's not about getting saved and satisfied, it's about entering a journey of becoming Christ like discovering your destiny and purpose and doing a work for God on the road. We're all on a road. And it's not like we're just, it's, well, I'm on my way to heaven. Listen, you're you're all the, Your ticket's stamped. You're okay. It's not about, you know, going to heaven. It's about becoming Christ-like. It's about, it's not about just Making that decision so you can go, but it's about making that decision so you can be who God had meant you to be from the very beginning. Amen. It's life changing. It's not just about forgiveness; it's about enablement and empowerment. So we're all on the road, and Jonah got put on this road, and but but you know he he got he said, "Well, you know, I really don't want to talk to those people." Now, we can now we, listen, we can give Jonah a hard time, but we've all done it. I don't know if I want to talk to that. Come on. It's too hard to I don't, I don't do those, those people, whatever that means. And we get to the point where there's certain people we want to be around, certain people we don't want to be around. Jonah decided, I don't want to be around those Ninevites. And instead of going uh, east to Nineveh, he books a cruise. Books a cruise to Tarshish, which we believe is Spain. <laughs> yeah. One got it. So he books a cruise. And But you know the story. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the story. You know, a storm goes up and they, they cast lots and said, whose fault is the storm? And they figured out it's Jonah's fault. So they throw him overboard. But even when you get thrown overboard, even when you're out of God's will, even when you're going the opposite direction of the direction you're supposed to be going, God still has your number. Amen. And he provides a whale who swallows him. That had to be weird. (laughs) Swallowed by some giant fish. It doesn't really say a whale. I wish I had time to talk to you about that there's been all kinds of stories in ancient literature about about dinosaur like there were still dinosaurs after the flood and there's many stories even up into the 1700s of all kinds of creatures so so don't let them say that man and dinosaurs never lived together they have this the planet's only 6000 years old okay anyway <laughs> you know the story the 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 animal, the (laughs) the fish, throws him up. I hate it when that happens. He comes out. He's bleached white from stomach acid. He's got seaweed all tangled up in his hair, in his clothes. He's tattered. He stinks. He comes walking out of the ocean and says, repent. (laughs) I would too. God. You see, there's a difference between pilgrims and tourists. A, a tourist goes to the highlights. A tourist visits the neat places. We were in Japan. We didn't go as tourists. We saw a few of the sites that are tourist, but mostly we saw things that no tourist would ever want to see. We went places that no one else. You see, a tourist goes to the highlights, goes to the nice places, the best hotels. That, they, that's what a tourist does. They see the highlights. A pilgrim goes where there's a need, where there's a hurt. Where there's something to remember. Where there's something to pray for. There's a huge difference between a pilgrim and a tourist. And I think think Jonah wanted to be a tourist when God was calling him to be a pilgrim. And I think a lot of Christians today think they're tourists. I know they think that way because when things don't go their way, they gripe and complain. "Ah, I paid for this. I expect... uh, uh, uh." I expect better seats in a church like this. Come on. That's a tourist mentality. I paid for this. I got news for you. You didn't pay for this. Jesus paid for this. Hallelujah. He bought you back from the devil and the powers of darkness. He he owns you. Amen. He bought you with with his own blood. You're not a tourist. You're a pilgrim, Jonah, chapter one, verse one. You you know the story. I guess I, I guess I could read a little bit here of scriptures. You know, if I don't read some scriptures, then I, I don't know. now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of the, that guy, saying, "Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me." Mm-hmm. Verse three. verse 4. Now Jonah rose to flee from Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, that's that's the booking agency and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I got to preach from Jonah one day because this expression, he fled the presence of the Lord, is all over the book. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea the mighty tempest, so on and so forth. You know the story. Number two, how many remember King Saul was on a journey before he was a king? He was looking for his father's donkeys. It's a different word in the King James. We'll just let that go. (laughs) because <laughs> if I go there, it's, it's going to get bad. He's looking for his dad's donkeys, and he goes here, and he goes there, and he goes there, and he's looking everywhere, and he can't find it, and then he comes across Samuel the prophet, and surprise, surprise, on his little journey, on his road, uh, Samuel anoints him king. King. I mean, he came from nobody and nothing looking for donkeys, and here he is now king. I I got a word for some of you. Sometimes the thing you think you're looking for is not the thing you're looking for. And sometimes when you think, I want to do this and I want to be that, and God just lets you go on your merry little journey, but he has a way of turning your little journey into his journey. Amen. And the thing you were looking for, the thing you thought was so important, turns out to be not important at all. Now he's the king of everybody's donkeys. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 9 Verse 1, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of okay, all the sons. And he had a choice, and he had a choice and handsome son, whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. That's saying a lot. Most eligible bachelor. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than, than anybody else. Right? Big guy. Now the donkeys of Kish, <laughs> Saul's father, were, were uh, lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, please take one of the servants with you and arise and go and look for the donkeys. There he goes. And he passed through the mountains of Ephraim. And he goes through that place and he goes through all those other places. Next verse. When they had come to the land of Zuth, Saul said to his servant who was with him, come, let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. And then... One more verse, and he said, look now, there is in this city a man of God. He's an honorable man, and all that he says surely comes to pass. So let's go there. Perhaps he could show us the way that we should go. Oh, the prophet had a word for him, but it wasn't about his donkeys. Church, let's be careful about caring too much about things that really don't matter, and let's stay on the road that the lord has for us. Good advice. Thirdly, how about Paul on the road to Damascus? Acts chapter 9 verse 1. And you you know the story, I'm sure. Then Paul still breathing threats. He was he was Enemy number one, he killed more Christians than anybody else. And murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest. He asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus, so if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. He fell to the ground. Sometimes God has to knock you off your horse. Uh-huh. And he heard a voice saying, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Hmm. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his, when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the, <clears throat> but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. He was blind, and he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias and And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am. So the Lord said to him, Arise, go to the street called Straight, inquire at the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, you know, the one that wants to kill you. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias. Duh, that's you. Coming in, putting his hand uh, on him so that he might receive his sight. This is when you ask, I need confirmation. I need a fleece, maybe three. and Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many, from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So there's And we know that his name was changed on that road from Saul to Paul. God will change your identity on your road. How many know you're not the person you were? You're not the person you were. God changed you on the road. You're on a different road. Hallelujah. God has changed everything about you. Amen. I, I, I remember before I got saved, my thing was... I liked spotting Christians. Now I wasn't mean. I wasn't ugly. But I I liked to find their weakness. Because if I can make them mad, I knew they weren't real. The guy who won me to the Lord was the easiest target I had ever come across. It took nothing. Don Kester, he's home, home with the Lord now. He was the easiest person to make mad. Everything ticked him off. He hadn't been saved that long. He was not a good example of a Christian. But he began to witness to me about what it meant to be a Christian. I just make you mad and I go, you ain't right. That can't be real. And somehow I was invited I don't even remember how it came about. We were in Athens, Greece. It was in, it was in the United States Navy, and and uh, somehow we heard on the ship that there was a Baptist missionary holding services in his home because you can't—it was illegal to proselytize in Greece so uh so he, it was illegal for him so he was doing it in his house and i think about 30 i didn't know any of the guys i went with but about 30 of us went to his home and in a large living room we were all sitting in chairs and he preached the gospel i have no idea i don't remember one thing he said but i remember he, he told us to stand and then he said if anyone wants to be saved and i turned around in my little chair and i knelt down and i prayed right there and i said lord I have nothing to offer. There isn't any. I said, I, w- I don't know why you'd want me, but here's, here's the deal, Lord. I, I partied hard. I mean, we would go all weekend and not sleep. Of course, I had a little help from my friends. <laughs> Mondays were horrible. <laughs> but we were, we, I mean, we were party hardy. You know? you know, that's what, I don't know what they call it now. But we we, would, and, and we were going hard physically because we were there. I said, Lord, as hard as I'm doing this life for the devil, that, that's, I don't know what you want me to do, but that's, that's how hard I'll go for you. And that's exactly what I've done for almost 50 years. And I haven't looked back. I haven't stopped. Still got the fire. Maybe some more fire. Whew. Praise God. I feel... You know, while I, was in, while I was in Japan, I lost four pounds. I can jump higher. And I, I got a new diet secret. Here it is. One, just eat rice with anything three times a day. You will lose weight. I don't get it. Don't understand it. I've never lost four pounds in 12 days, but hallelujah, there it is. Next time I need to lose weight, I'm just going to Japan. Are you hearing me? (laughs) My life completely changed in Athens, Greece. God changed me there. Glory to God. If I'd just been saved a week earlier, they were doing baptisms in the exact place where Paul baptized. Powerful stuff. But I got saved in the city that Paul preached in. Got to walk the streets, and it's just a powerful moment. But God has a way. In fact, they called the early Christians the way. It was the way, those of the way. In other words, they were on a road. They were on a trip going in a direction other than the direction most people are going. And we've got to start living up to that. We can't compromise with this world. We need to go the way God has called us to go. Back when I came into the church, they made us dress a certain way and do certain things, and a lot of places we couldn't go so that we would stand out. (laughs) Nowadays, you don't have to do that to stand out. You just have to be a Christian, and you stand out. They're going to know who you are. There can't be silent Christians anymore, secret Christians. You need to get on the path and get on the way, and let's get everybody we know into the body of Christ. Can I get an amen? So let's get back to Jesus. Here he is on his way to Jerusalem. And what you have to understand that there's really two crowds involved here. He heals the blind men. It's an amazing thing. And as he goes that 16 miles, he keeps picking up people. A crowd begins to follow him. And they're excited. I mean, it's 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 the tempo's going up. People are dancing and praising God. And they're seeing miracles and they're following Him, and they get to they get to the gates of of Jerusalem, Whew. and and before they actually get to Jerusalem, that's when they start cutting down palm branches because He's going to the imperial city. He's going to the city of David. He's going to be king. They, they misunderstood it, but, but they were celebrating and excited because of Jesus. We, we need services that are, ex, that are excited about Jesus. Amen. Come on. And they're cutting down palm branches, and they're throwing their cloaks. In, and it's an Old Testament prophecy. I won't get into all that. But here they go, and he's riding on a donkey. And, and that crowd is exuberant. But how many know it was just a little bit after that? the crowd was saying, crucify him. Because the other crowd came from the rural areas and they followed him in seeing the miracles. But the people in Jerusalem, you know, the city folk, the city folk in Jerusalem, they, 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 didn't, they didn't know about his ministry that much. They had heard things. But they listened to the church folk and the church leaders and some were paid off. But anyway, they began to chant, crucify him. Crucify him. It's not like the ch- we sometimes preach that the cr- crowd was fickle. It's two different crowds. And the, and the crowd that celebrated him is probably staying outside the city, maybe waiting for him to take over, but th- they're not in there. It's the crowd in Jerusalem that begins to cry, crucify him. Crucify him. Let's pick up the story in Matthew 21 and verse 9. I'm almost done. Just just be patient. Then the multitudes went before, and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. I mean, there was celebration there. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. See, this is the other crowd. The other crowd is saying, who is this? We don't understand what's going on here. So the multitude said, so the other multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth, from, from Nazareth of Galilee. Verse 14, 15. And then, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. He healed them. But when the church folk saw the wonderful things that he did and the children, see, they got upset because the kids were getting excited. How many know whenever there's a revival, I believe young people are going to lead the revival. Something was breaking out, and it was breaking out amongst the children and the young people, and they were crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. And the church folk were indignant. We don't do things like that here. And he said to them, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yeah. Yeah have you read your Bible? Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected. Listen, when these children are, you say, well, that, that, you know, I'm, more, I'm too mature for that. Oh, maybe. Maybe you are not mature much at all. Because there's something pure and something wonderful about children praising the Lord. And it's not about how smart you are or how intelligent you are, or how theologically uh, acumen you are. He <laughs> throws some words out here. It's not about all the words you know and how much you study. Perfect praise is not about how much you know. It's how much you love him. Amen. And children just have that openness to love and praise and be exuberant and dancing. And they, they don't have to understand. He understands. My God. Psalms 118 verse 25 and 26. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray. Send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. We have blessed you. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Psalms 149. You, you know this. Praise the Lord sing to the lord a new song praise him in the assembly of his saints come on church let israel rejoice in him their maker let zion's children triumph and be joyful in their king and them whew, let them Praise his name in chorus and choir and with the single or group dance. Let them sing praises to him with the, with the tambourine and the lyre. Oh, let's praise him. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation and adorn the wretched with victory. Let the saints be joyful in the glory and beauty which God confers upon them. Let them sing for joy upon their beds at night. Amen. Let's glorify the Lord. Let the high praises. You know what a high praise is? It's It's an ecstatic, loud, intense praise to God. I don't get these preachers who get in the pulpit and say, All right, let's praise the Lord loudly today. The Bible says, Do it loud. You say, Well, God's not deaf, and He's not nervous either. Getting loud in praise doesn't bother him one bit because there's, listen, you don't get loud unless there's something bursting in your heart. Amen. You're not going to get loud unless you care. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands. Let's praise the Lord. To wreak vengeance upon the nations and chastisement upon the peoples, to bind their kings with chains. Ah, let's bind some devils today. And their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written He, the Lord, is the honor of all his saints. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Some people cheered, some people jeered, some people were just afeared. I had to make it work. <laughs> the cross is the center of all that. Which of the three will you be on the road? Are you in the cheering crowd or are you in the cheering crowd? Or are you just a fearing crowd? Which one is it? Let's get in the cheering crowd and let's celebrate the king. Who is the king of glory? Open the gates and let the king of glory come in. Ah, my God. Let the king of glory come in. Praise the Lord. For he is near. He is near. The cross is the crossroads. Would you stand to your feet? My God, thank you, Jesus. I feel the Lord in this house. My Lord, hallelujah.